0: Hello everybody, it is Saturday, June 4th, 2022 And once again, I find myself with the distinct honor, privilege, and pleasure of welcoming you to the Ordinary Podcast Polynerdic.com's weekly nerd-centric life and culture podcast for adults As always, I am your ordinary nerdy host, Shad And this is going to be episode number 261 of this ridiculous Meandering directionless show (laughs) Um, I'm in a particularly good mood today Uh, The first thought I had upon waking up was This will be a good day god damn it And I intend on making that the case Um, I woke up later than intended But I reject the idea that I'm running behind Because it's the fucking weekend and I'm just going to operate on my own schedule today. Um, it's Pride Month, ha- uh, happy Pride uh, to those of you that are in the LGBTIAQ+ community. I know several people um, that I love deeply that are a part of that community. Uh, that's not why I support the community. I support the community because people are people. Love is love. Um, trans rights are human rights. All of that. If you have a problem with any of that, uh, the door is over there. You're welcome to walk out of it. Um, it's going to be a good day. I'm confident in that it's going to be a good day. I had a great night last night after work. had a pretty terrible work day. Um... Dealing with capitalism uh, continues to be the bane of my existence. Um, You know, I've talked about it at length over the last several years. I find it incredibly dehumanizing to live in a system that reduces your value to either what you do for a living, how much money you make, or in the case of a job, how much you are doing for said job. Not how good you are doing. Not your quality, but a numeric quota if you will and uh, I had one of those days yesterday where I was uh, made aware that um, they increased my productivity quota um, by two accounts an hour up from four to six and as a result my numbers were below the acceptable percentage Um, and it just kind of fucked up my whole day like from that moment like I walked into work little bit of backstory. Friday is usually the day when it's just the new hires. The people that are in their 180-day probationary period. Um, but because of the holiday on Monday, most of the team that is there on Monday was in Friday. And that threw me off immediately. Like, I walked in the door expecting a nice, quiet day in the office. It's what I need. Um, I've talked repeatedly to my bosses about it that, like, With my ADHD and my social anxiety, and the pandemic still being ongoing, I really need the isolation to work um, most effectively. And none of that's none of that's happened. So, like that, immediately threw me off. When like the day that I was looking forward to just a nice, chill, quiet day, um, that team was in two or three of the supervisors were in the director was in and the director her office is next to mine and she has this incredibly obnoxious habit of standing right outside my office to have conversations with people uh, and I'm not allowed to close my office door so my anxiety was peaked yesterday from the moment I got there but then the first thing I seen when I opened my email is hey you suck you need to work better and it set the tone for a very long miserable eight and a half hours. But I got home and immediately endeavored to turn things around. I ate dinner, had myself some nice lo mein. Um, I finished my blue dragon mini that I've been working on for months. That you know, and by working on, I mean I gave it a base coat of blue and then left it sit on a shelf because um, I was afraid to mess it up. I'm not entirely thrilled with it looking at it right now. Um, it's not my best work, but you know, it's it's a young uh, uh, it's a young adult dragon. Uh, I have the big pre-painted adult dragon uh, adult blue dragon so like I tried to model it after that and I didn't do as well as I wanted but you know what I'm a hobbyist I'm an amateur Um, I like it overall I finished a bone golem that I've been working on forever uh, and then I painted a cultist because none of my players listen to this that I'm aware of Uh, we're going to be going to Darkon Back to the Domains of Dread next weekend in my D&D game, and, uh, part of that arc will include encounters with the, uh, Priest of Ossibus Ocibus, however you pronounce it. Um, I've never heard it pronounced that loud, I've only ever seen it in text. Um, so I have a cultist mini that I painted all nice and white with glowing blue eyes, and he looks all sinister, um... So I painted those, clear coated them, got them mounted this morning while I was cooking breakfast, um, and then uh, after that I took a walk. I watched um, the second half of Exu Calamity. Uh, I watched the rest of, or I watched the episodes of season three of The Boys. I, I had a great day yesterday, uh, but the first thing I want to talk about, and I put it up on TikTok couple days ago uh and again on i I shared that to polynor dot com the you know the original website of of this thing we do here um, I've been thinking a lot about the future of polynerdic you know it's it's clear that I'm miles away from this being even a side gig, you know like right now it's a passion project. It takes money from me to do this. Um, not as much as it used to because I reconfigured my expenses. But, you know, like I have to pay for the website. And um, anything that isn't gifted me to, to play and review or anything, like like where Elden Ring was bought for me by a co-worker, um, anything I do on this channel, on this podcast, comes out of pocket. You know, there's no income coming in yet. You know, I've got I've got people that support me on Patreon you know I, I think i pull down 4 bucks a month um and then i got people that you know donate occasionally bits on twitch or you know joe uh my stalwart uh supporter who uh you know um subscribes every month when he can um thank you joe as always also my number one mod um Officially, what he does is he uh, blocks bots when they show up. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I've been thinking a lot about the future of Polynerdic, and I, when I started the blog, damn near eight years ago now, I think, what was our first post? October 2014, so yeah, we're a couple months away from it being eight years ago that I started uh, Polynerdic. Um, I wanted to cover everything. Because I like a lot of nerdy shit. I call myself a renaissance nerd. You know, that's where polynerdic, the word, comes from. Um, I like all sorts of nerdy stuff. You know, I like video games. I like comic books. I like novels. I like history. I like movies. I like television. Um, in the time since I started it, in the eight years since since uh, polynerdic launched, I... um I started streaming, I started this podcast, I started liking anime, I started playing D&D, uh, and borderline being obsessed with d and um, I've got an interest in other tabletop games, I just don't get to play them, um, uh, because much like D&D, I am, like, I'm the game master for my, for my little circle, um, my circle being my children and my ex-girlfriend, um, so like I don't have people in my life yet that are like, Hey, I can I I, I like running Vampire the Masquerade. Let's play Vampire the Masquerade on Tuesday, you know, like I, I I don't I don't have that in my life yet. Yet being the big thing. Um I want to get back to covering all of that stuff more regularly. You know, I used to write a lot about movies um, and 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 comics I was reading and stuff like that. Over the last couple years, uh, it has become incredibly easy to just make video game content, especially with Twitch. Um, you know, we had a, a period there in uh, 2020 specifically where I streamed every day almost, like five, six days a week I was streaming. Um, it was all I was doing. It was all I was putting out was live stream content. Occasionally I would throw in something that was like a vlog or, or an unboxing. Uh, but those were few and far between the content became very video game focused and I don't want to stop doing video game content, but if you've been paying attention, you've, you've noticed that like, I don't stream every day anymore. It's been two weeks since I streamed. Um, we're going to stream today after I've finished recording this and post it, but like Streaming has definitely fell to the wayside. Um, and that has made me realize that I, I want to do more varied content. You know, I, I want to talk about TRP, TTRPGs, excuse me. I, I, I want to do unboxings of, like, the big booster boxes and stuff. And, like, that one's, like, really on the side because of money. I did update my uh, coffee, Ko-Fi, whatever you call it. Um, to set the goal that I'm looking for a couple hundred bucks to be able to buy, uh, the Spelljammer and the Fizzband's booster uh, boxes. Um, specific- the Fizzband stuff's out now. Uh, I want to get Spelljammer stuff this fall. Um, I. I want to diversify. What we do at Polynerdic, what we talk about, you know, I've d- I've done it a lot here on on the on the podcast where I've talked about more things, but like I I don't write as much about other things. I don't do video content that isn't, um, I, I don't do video content that is that content that isn't video game stuff, and I and I want to to fan out a little bit. I want to review D and D modules. Both the official stuff and the stuff that I find um, on DM's Guild and stuff like that. Uh, GM Binder is another good source. Like, when I find good stuff, I want to talk about it. Um, ultimately, I would love to get to a point where I can either be a part of or host a actual play. Uh, money is the problem there because, like, I want to be able to afford to pay people to put on the best show possible and not just get a random assortment of, um, straight white friends to, uh, to hang out, you know, or not even friends at this point, acquaintances, you know, like, I, I don't want an all-white, all-male table when I get around to doing, uh, an actual play, um, there's enough of that out there. Um... I want to start talking to people, like interviewing people. I want to I want to come out of my comfort zone and be like, "Hey, you, Mister Successful D and D Guy, or Mister Successful Streamer, or Mister Missus Successful Streamer." I'll I'll, I'll degender it. Uh, su- successful Streamer. Let me let me say it that way. You internet personality that's awesome and 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 people love. Come talk to me for an hour or two. You know, like I want to get out there and do that more. Um, like the only at 261 episodes in, the only people I've ever talked to on this show. Are Jen and Sean, and um, I, I and Brian. Brian was on a couple episodes when we did the when we started doing the um, pre Infinity War uh, watch long podcast that we only did two of because it was too hard to. Too hard for me personally I don't know how it was for Brian but like I with my social anxiety and my agoraphobia and this was even pre-pandemic uh, it was too hard for me to, to leave the house and um, get set up at his house for a couple hours and record the podcast it, it was in- incredibly stressful for me um, and this was before my mental health really fell apart um, so imagine how hard it would be for me to do it now uh, but that's that's what I want for the future of polynerdic. I want to get back to what we were at the start and expand, you know. I I want to get into talking about a wider birth of nerdy interest than just video games. Um that said, I want to talk about the stuff I watched this week that I already mentioned. Um EXU Calamity is the mini series uh that is running for two more weeks. Uh this was the second week of it. Uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan is the DM. Um, Abrea Iyengar, um, Marisha Ray, Sam Regal, Travis Willingham. And I, forgive me for forgetting the other two gentlemen's names. Um, they are all fucking fantastic in this. Uh, it is a pre-Fall of Civilization miniseries. Because in Matt's world of Exandria, um, there's some parallels to the Forgotten Realms and that there was this, you know, mageocracy that that had these flying cities and through magical calamities, uh, a magical catastrophe, uh, that whole civili- civilization fell. And then in the quote-unquote modern world of of the campaign setting of Gazandria, it's much more traditional fantasy. It's it's you know, it's uh I won't call it low magic, but it's not, you know, magical televisions and shit like like you see in calamity in, in this Calamity mini series. Um you know, the the world of this Calamity miniseries uh is very much similar to our world in the sense that like like I said, there's literally a, a broadcast system. There's flying cities, which, you know, is not like our world. Uh it's, it's actually better than our world, I think. Um, magic is used in a way that makes everyone's life better. Kinda of like you see in some settings like Eberron. Where magic is just so ubiquitous that it's you know, it's it's everyone has access to it. It's not just an elite few. Um I am in love with the story they're telling. Uh, we're halfway through it. Um, we're getting to the point where it's it's looking like, you know, more and more hints have been dropped as to what caused the, the calamity or, or how the calamity affected people. Brennan has done a great job of setting up the story to be uh, heartbreaking. Um, the scene with Travis and his character's son um, was so fucking heartwarming. Uh, and then you know that, like, bad things are going to happen to these people um i love it uh i I finished the second half. i listened to the first half of it at work and then um the second half when i got home while i painted Uh, and then when that was done i moved on to the boys season three that's how i finished my evening i watched three episodes of it that are out and i guess one new episode will come every friday I really appreciate them giving us like a, a drop of episodes, of you know, several episodes, and then you can get, you know, more down the road. Um, I, I just, I, I have so little patience for weekly TV at this point. Um, but I really enjoy what I saw last night. Although I did kind of forget how graphic The Boy Season 3 can be. Um, like it's graphic in the sense that like they are not afraid to show dick uh you know there there's in the first 15 minutes of the first episode there's um you'll you'll see more dick than you ever thought you wanted to see even if you like dick um and if you know you know um in fact it's it's roughly 12 hours since I watched the first episode and I'm still thinking about what happens in the first 15 minutes of that uh episode um, spoilers, uh, or warning rather, um, that it's pretty graphic and not something I ever thought I would ever, ever fucking see, but I saw it and I can't unsee it and it, uh, I kind of can't stop thinking about it as a result. Um, really liked the story they're telling. Um, I, I got to the point where they, well, you know, if you've watched it, you know, if you watched all three episodes, you know too. Uh, we, we got to meet Soldier Boy, which is, uh, <laughs> The, the boys universe version of um Captain America and uh Jensen Ackles plays him as a beautiful douchebag. <laughs> like he just plays the douchery of this guy so so wonderfully. Uh I can't wait for him to be in more. Uh, I honestly a little disappointed that he's not in more of it up to this point. I'm hoping it'll be a Captain America esque story where he is in the modern day too. Uh for you know just small inferred spoiler there. Uh, I also this week watched the entire uh, first seven episodes that are out now of um, Stranger Things Season 4. I watched a good chunk of it with my elder kids um, this past Sunday. Uh, I had my 20-year-old, my 16-year-old, and my 20-year-old's boyfriend came down. And we watched like three and a half episodes of it before, um, before their young brother was home and uh, where we had to stop. And then after I took them home, I picked it right back up and and finished it over the week. Um, I really like this season too. Uh, I... One of the more troubling things uh, related to the show, um, before we actually discuss the show, and and don't worry, no no spoilers, Um, my 20-year-old and her boyfriend are convinced that nobody likes Millie Bobby Brown. And while we were watching, I tried to find evidence of nobody liking Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, um, 11, uh because I think she's a really talented young actress and I think if Hollywood doesn't ruin her, um she could have a very long career. I think she's 18 now. Um yeah, she is 18 because that that'll that'll uh factor into to what I'm about to say next. Um, and when I was looking for evidence online of people not liking her, the only thing I could see were people that think she's stuck up because she doesn't want to be sexualized. Like, she had some really strong words about people that, like, wait for teen girl celebrities to become 18. Like, if you're as old as I am, you remember when, like, the Olsen twin countdown happened. And then the Lindsay Lohan countdown happened. And then, like, it happens every time there's some big young star. Um, a bunch of really creepy men get excited about the fact that these young women are going to be, quote-unquote, legal adults. And it's disgusting. Like, I've seen somebody say it on TikTok once. Uh, Men that get excited about a teenage girl becoming 18 are no different than companies that pay minimum wage because what they are telling you is if they could go lower, they would. And I think about that a lot. And so I I couldn't find anything to... Like, they were dead set that people just don't like her and she's a bitch and stuck up. And the only thing I could find online where people that were saying those things about her, it was directly in relation to she doesn't want to be sexualized and she had strong words about it. Um, So I'm a little disappointed in my 20-year-old for that. And that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) Um, uh, As for this Stranger Things Season 4 show, the first seven episodes are amazing. I like that it, like... Involves the Satanic Panic of the 80s um, Like Over time I have realized that a lot of the things Like I didn't not play D&D because I thought it was evil uh, But I understand that a lot of my early conceptions of, of d and Were a result of Learning about it through the eyes of the Satanic Panic um, You know I was In single digits when the Satanic Panic was happening um, like in 1986, I was three fucking years old. Um, so it's not like it was like drilled into my head at that point that D and D is evil. Uh, but I did remember in the nineties, the, 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 the way D and D was always addressed in the media as like the weirdo thing to do. Um, and I, I guess through osmosis picked up some of that, like I was never anti D and D I just didn't get it. Um, as opposed to, you know, flash forward now to 2022, and I'm like, I want to play D&D every day. Like, I'm sitting here with a microphone on my face, and I'm looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 minis in front of me. And these aren't even the ones I was painting yesterday. They're on the other side of the desk. Uh, minis are everywhere. Um, D&D books are everywhere. I have a folder in front of me that is, the you know, the current part of the campaign that I'm running. Uh if I close the window in front of me on my computer, I'm going to see stuff I wrote for D&D. Um I like that they, that aspect of it. Um I like the character of Eddie that they brought in. He's the uh the DM of the Hellfire Club. Uh as soon as I have money, I definitely want to get a Hellfire Club shirt. Um like I I like the villain. Um I, I I will say one thing, small spoilers. They they named the villain Vecna, which you probably know. Uh Vecna being the big, bad, terrible uh, lich that ascended to godhood in some editions of D and D in some some worlds. Um It was an interesting choice to name him Vecna, uh, because like he doesn't really have the hallmarks of Vecna. Like Vecna began as an artifact. Like in earliest editions of D anD D, you just had the Hand and Eye of Vecna. Those were the two artifacts, and Vecna wasn't a character. He didn't come along till the '90s, as a as a as a you know big bad in a module. Uh, I think '91, I think, was when uh, Vecna Lives came out. Um, which is interesting that in this show set in 1986, they uh, are playing a game with Vecna. ...as the villain, which of course is why they named the bad guy Vecna... ...because that's what you know they've done through all of Stranger Things. Um, you know, they were being chased by the Demogorgon... ...and then the monster became the Demogorgon in the first season. Um, they... ...named him Vecna, but he has a spider association. So, like... ...part of me wishes he had been, like... ...the villain had been a woman... Or female presenting, Um. and they could have. It could have been the. It could have been Loth. They could have named the villain Loth instead of Vecna, and that's like my one big glaring. Like this is what they did wrong here. Like they've they've got him. They 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 show him when when you figure out who he is. You see that he has a spider obsession. Um. Some of the first hallucinations you see him causing are spider-related. Um, there's shots of him in, even in the trailer um, with tentacles protruding from his back, hanging up like a spider on a web. There's all these spider references, and they went with Vecna instead of Loth. Um, and I, I would have done that. Uh, because, like, you know, Vecna's primary like, distinguishing characteristic is he doesn't have his left hand, he doesn't have his left eye. His followers often remove their left eye, some of them remove their left hands. You know, it's it's a theme with Vecna, and this, this bad guy, he has a left hand that seems to grow into a claw, almost like Tyrant in uh, Resident Evil. Um, but they went with Vecna, whatever. You know, it's, it's never been one-to-one. Like, I had to explain to my 20-year-old um, that Demigorgon like I had to explain the naming convention of monsters because she's watched all the seasons and hasn't put together, uh, the naming conventions because like you know the first mo- the monster of the first season was Demogorgon. but she didn't know what Demogorgon looks like in D and D, so I had to explain that, and then um, she. Like she knew what a mind flare was in d and d but she never associated the fact that like the big bad evil thing in in uh season three they called a mind flare, but it looked nothing like the mind flare um so i had to break that down for her um i wish i i i liked the villain a lot himself i i think he's got some definite Freddy Krueger vibes the way he uses dreams and hallucinations and stuff to uh, traumatize his victims before he takes them. Um, Their deaths are very brutal. uh, Extremely brutal. Um, They did a good job of subtly showing us the villain. Um, And I'm super excited for the last two episodes. The last two episodes, I guess, are like Movie length episodes, so like, you know, some of the, some of these episodes in season and the first part of season four were uh, over an hour long, like an hour twenty minutes and stuff. Um, from what I've understood, the last two episodes, episodes eight and nine, are closer to two hours each, uh, which will be fun. I I, I definitely look forward to uh, to getting into. Them uh, when they come out in a month. Um, and then I, that basically covers my week. Um, I did write. I, I think I mentioned that I did do some writing. Um, I jotted down some ideas for adventures, for encounters, and then I also am working on next weekend's game. Um, as for the news, Uh, I did not have time to prep anything that wasn't video game news related. Um, Sega announced a Mega Drive Mini 2, you know, the Sega Genesis Mini that came out a year or two ago. Uh, they're putting out a sequel version in Japan, the Mega Drive Mini 2. Um, they haven't confirmed that it'll be available outside of Japan yet. Um, I'm looking at the list of games that are on it. The only one I recognize... The only two I recognize are Sonic CD and Virtual Racing. Um... I have the mini n e s and the mini snes uh they're not hooked up they're sitting on a shelf uh looking like little collectibles um in fact, I'm not even sure where I put the wires when i moved i- I'd, ha- I'd have to find the wires at this point um to uh to to use them but i really uh I really dig the mini console thing um I never bought the Genesis one I didn't see any enough games on it that were like i have to spend that money um We had a big state of play this week. I didn't watch it. Um, And I'll be real. Like, I want to cover everything, but I also selfishly didn't want to watch the state of play because I no longer have access to a PlayStation. Um, So I have, like, a bunch of games I bought that I can't play. Um, It's the reason why I haven't watched any of the recent. Star Wars or or uh, Marvel stuff like I haven't seen Moon Knight, I haven't watched Obi-Wan Kenobi cuz um the Disney Plus that I was using was Chelsea's and it's on her PlayStation, not my Xbox. And uh it's a family plan through her brother, so I I just don't have access to it anymore. Um so I I didn't really want to watch the state of play. I saw the highlights. You know, I saw that Capcom's officially announced the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, I want to give that a shot. Because if if the Resident Evil 4 remake plays like the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake did, I will like it. If it plays really close to how Resident Evil 4 played, uh, I'm not going to like it. (laughs) Because that Resident Evil 4 is where I fell off of the franchise up until 7. Um, And I still need to play 8. Uh, being broke sucks. Um. So I didn't watch the state of play, but I I did see that that's coming, that Village and some other games are coming to the PlayStation VR 2. Um, Capcom announced Street Fighter 6. Um. I think it's interesting that the single player mode called World Tour in this new Street Fighter game is going to be a open world game of swords. I like the art style of 6, especially compared to 5. Like, I I played a little bit of Street Fighter 5. I didn't like the feel of it. I didn't like the look of it. Um, Come to think of it, I I really haven't loved Street Fighter since Street Fighter 2. I don't think I ever played 3 or 4. I might have played a little bit of 4. I like that... They they redesigned the look of it, and I also found out recently that, uh, Laura Bailey has been voicing Chun-Li for years, uh, she's done a fantastic job as Chun-Li, Chun-Li is one of my favorite characters, um, but they finally cast a non-white woman, <laughs> they, they cast an Asian woman to be Chun-Li, finally, and that's brilliant, um, Most interestingly, though, I'm seeing in this article that Street Fighter Six has a real-time commentary track that you can apply while you play. So, like, you actually have commentary during the fight now. That's a new thing for, for a, street, a Street Fighter or a fighting game in general. Like, normally the only time you see commentary is, like, on the shitty WWE games. Uh, I hope it is better than the WWE commentary. Um, Because the WWE game commentary, if you've never watched it, is they they get their commentators of choice, uh, say Michael Cole and uh, whatever that other guy's name is. Corey something. I'm forgetting his name. Anyway. um, And they record a bunch of lines, and the game spits them out at random in the match. Like... Sometimes they actually match what's happening. There have been very, 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 very many editions of the game that uh, they don't. Like, I remember playing one in the uh, in the Xbox 360 era where I hit someone with a steel chair and they called it a move. They were like, oh, Stone Cold Stunner. It's like, um, no, I hit him with a chair, man. So you, you get a lot of bullshit like that. Um, there was a couple editions ago um, where they would frequently not call women women. They would be like, "He said this" or "He did that," you know. Like it, it, the commentary is always very bad in those games. So I'm I'm curious as to how the well, you know, I haven't played the new one. Maybe the commentary is better. I'm hoping the commentary for the Street Fighter game for the people that like that sort of thing is better. Uh, we got a new Stray trailer during this uh, this. Um, State of Play. It comes out in July. Uh, that's the way to do it. Um, granted, we first saw the teaser for it two years ago, um, but I love when companies do this. When it's like, here's this updated trailer. Here's the launch date. It's next month. Like, I'm a big fan, of, and we've talked about it at at, at great length. I'm a huge fan of of companies being like, here's this game we've been working on, it comes out tomorrow. You know, like that kind of thing. Or in the case of like Fallout 4, where it's like, we've been working on Fallout 4, here's what it looks like, it'll be out in three months. Um, I much prefer that to two to three years of getting hyped about a thing and then it turning into a cyberpunk situation. Or here's this really awesome looking game and then a month before it's due to come out, we have to delay it because it's not ready yet. Like, as I've said on here a million times, I like delays if it means the game ends up being good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want people that make my video games to have to work terrible, 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 um, crunch-based develop, de- uh, dev cycles and then the game I don't care how good the game is I don't I just don't want it I don't want that for those people um it'd be like if I said I like novels but I want every novelist every author to work 60 hour work weeks 80 hour work weeks 90 hour work weeks sleep not sleep not at all and have no social life until that book's done like you see a lot of that with um Game of Thrones novel fans they're like, "George, finish your book, stop doing other things." Um, and I may have at some point in life said that too, uh, but I've grown up and i I want the people that make my art that I enjoy to also enjoy their lives. Um, keep making the art by all means uh, but but please enjoy yourself while you do it. you know like as someone who struggles with depression and and finding my way um to to go back to the very beginning of what we talked about this week uh i really want everyone to to do something they love but also enjoy their lives um i've had many discussions over the last several years that like i wish money wasn't a thing strictly because it ruins everything um money Because money is the motivation for everything Like our literal survival depends on it It ruins life Like I When I sit here in front of this microphone And I stream And I write And I try to, to make Polynerdic and, and the Ordinary ordinary Podcast a thing I'm not fame seeking I just want to be able to do What I want to do with my life Create what I want to create and not have the limitations of a 40 hour a week job that destroys me emotionally and, and energy wise and doesn't leave me time to enjoy my life and chase my passions. You know, I've talked to my therapist a number of times. Um, she has advised that I need to find work that pays my bills, but also that I tolerate. Like, because the odds of going on Indeed or Glassdoor and finding a job that I love and pays my bills are, like, slim to none. Because the things I want to do, the things I love, are this. Talking to this microphone, streaming, writing, um, painting. Uh, and when I say writing, I mean, like, everything from D&D adventures to short stories to, to novels. I've I've started and never finished so many novels because... I'm always doing it in my spare time and it never gets done because there's other things that need done in my, in my quote-unquote spare time, you know. I worked every day on a detective novel for like a year and never got to finish it because like some days I could only write an hour or two. Um, other days I could write for eight, you know what I mean? Like it... it I've said, again, I I know I've said it before, that I've said it before, I, uh, my ideal day would be to get up around 6, have breakfast, take a walk, get my coffee, sit down at 7, and then write for like 6 to 8 hours every day. 7 to 1 or 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And then from there... Have a lunch. Or, you know, have my lunch during that writing period if if that's what I need to do. And then move on to painting some DD minis or playing some video games or recording a podcast. Or like that would be my ideal day. I could work sixteen hour days if those those were my days. Because when I'm doing a thing that I'm passionate about, it's not draining. You know, I seen someone talk about it. I think it was, again, I, b- I believe it was a TikTok. They they said, are you the type of ADHD person that needs total silence to focus or are you the type of ADHD person that uh, needs background noise? And their take, the, the individual in the video said that it depends on what they're doing. Like if they're doing something that doesn't need 100% of their attention, 100% of their brain, they need background noise. If they're doing something that Does need 100% of their brain. Don't even breathe next to me. Like. And I understand that fully. Because that's why like. Noise at the office bothers me so much. Because. It's not that what I'm doing needs. 100% of my brain. But remaining focused. And building momentum on what I'm doing. Does. Like. I don't enjoy what I do. Have not enjoyed what I do for the last four years. Um. Three years. Let's. It's three years. Three and a half years, uh. Because I I worked for a different company doing essentially the same thing I do now, and then you know I changed for more money at this job. Um, I don't enjoy it. I can barely tolerate it, and it's. There's a, a a number of factors as to why I can't just do my job and come home, um, and, and one of the big ones for me personally is that I burn so much energy just trying to get through the day that a lot of days I come home and I can't even do anything but eat and go to bed. There have been days where I've just gone to bed without dinner because it's like it's just not worth it to to keep going. I'm too tired, um, and I'm trying to break from that. That's part of this whole future of polynerdic thing too is. I'm trying to break from letting my job destroy destroy my energy. Um. In between you, me, and the and the four walls of this room, I'm looking for a new job already. Um. Because I I just I don't enjoy this, and it while it does pay my bills, it only barely pays my bills. Like right now, in my bank account, little inside baseball, I have fifteen fucking dollars. I don't get paid till the end of next week So thankfully I have food In my Freezer My bigger concern is gas Because I have an eighth of a tank of gas And gas is almost $5 a gallon here Um It's going to be a really anxiety inducing week But I'm trying not to think about it Because like I said today's going to be a good day Good day god damn it Um <clears throat> I need to put that on a shirt for my own sake. Um, I'm excited for Stray. That's the point we were on uh, to back back way up. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but damn it, I want to play as a cat with a backpack in a world full of robots. That sounds delightful. Uh, Chucklefish put out uh, their first look at Witchbrook in more than two years. I've been so anxiously awaiting for this game. Um, The publisher behind Stardew Valley and other titles, uh, Chucklefish I didn't become aware of till Stardew Valley. So to me, when I heard that this game was from the publisher of Stardew Valley, I was like, yes! Um, it was called Spellbound uh, years ago. They changed it to Witchbrook in 2018, and then it disappeared for two years until it resurfaced in a, with a brand new art style, and then disappeared again. So I, I have just been anxiously awaiting Witchbrook for so long. Um this, the the Steam page that launched this week describes Witchbrook as a spellbinding social RPG. Spark life into a charming seaside town when you become Mossport's newest resident witch. Make friends, master spells, and maybe even find love along the way. Um there is no release date yet but I'm just excited for it, man. Like, it's a coming-of-age adventure as a witch in training at Witchbrook College. Um, Developing magical abilities by attending classes, competing assignments, and earning badges. Like, none of that sounds good until you think of, like, how good. Like, if if you think of that in the real world, like, what, it's a game about going to school? Uh, Yeah, that doesn't sound fun, but neither does farming, and Stardew Valley was an amazing game. I like the art style. I like the social aspect of it. I like that you have a customizable character because that's, you know, you have to. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for this game. It Actually, looking at these pictures of it makes me want to play Sardew Valley again. They look nothing alike. Uh, the art style here of Witchbrook looks amazing, though. I cannot wait. Um... And the last bit of video game news I want to bring up is Will Arnett has been cast as Sweet Tooth in the upcoming live-action Twisted Metal series, which is going to be on Peacock, um, which means I won't watch it. Let's see. Uh, The writers of Deadpool are making this. I'm just skimming the article for you. Anthony Mackie is going to be the series star. Um, It's live action, but Will Arnett is going to voice Sweet Tooth. So Sweet Tooth must be animated or like computer generated. Yep. That's what it says here. This news comes by way of Variety, which reports that Arnett will voice Sweet Tooth, which kind of makes it sound like sweet tooth will either be a cgi character or the person acting as sweet tooth won't be voicing him or of course perhaps arnett will play sweet tooth on set too while also voicing him in post-production given the whole head on fire part of the character I'm just curious as to how I'm just curious as to how a twisted model show is gonna work. And it's a series, not a movie. Huh. Okay. Will Arnett joins Anthony Mackie, Thomas Hayden Church, Nev Campbell, and Stephanie Beatrice. She's from Encanto in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I can can picture her, I think, to the Googles. Oh, okay, yeah. She's pretty and, and has a good voice. I don't know if it was her singing in Encanto. It may not have been. Um... Let's see. Star Wars fans, of course, are being toxic again this week. Uh, Attacking. I think her character's name is Riva. Um... Let's see. I know this is captivating podcasting right here as I scan through movie news looking for something to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Star Wars fans are are toxic as fuck. Uh, to the point that Star Wars themselves had to uh, come out and be like, Hey, don't be asshats, uh, which of course got its own uh, brand of um, of bullshit from them like i i just don't understand um <sighs> I just I just don't understand how people are so hateful You know what i mean like like the Star Wars fans In particular, like every woman of color and person of color. Because Finn got it too. John Boyega got it bad too. Um, Like it's one thing to be critical of the writing. The, The sequel trilogy just chock full of bad ideas. Um... I just don't get it And, that, and, that, and that's where I'm, I'm befuddled here Cause like As I was saying the, the You know the sequel trilogy is full of terrible writing Um It's not a you know, and People are allowed to enjoy it Critically speaking I, I disagree with a lot of the ideas they Utilized I, I think Disney fucked up by not having a trilogy planned Um By making three... Individual movies... With no greater plan... Um... I mean look no further than Snoke... Like he was positioned in the... In episode 7 as going to be like the new Emperor... And then he was dead by the end of the second movie... And then... Emperor Palpatine's back for the third movie... But he was announced as being returning in fucking Fortnite of all things, not e- not even not even in a book or a comic, you know, like I, um Palpatine's plan being uh Yeah, there's just there's Disney has made a lot of mistakes with Star Wars. I love The Mandalorian. I like the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I assume I'm going to like Obi-Wan when I get around to watching Kenobi. Um, Because I like how those shows have like a western slash samurai feel to them. Um, I liked Fallen Order. Uh, I've seen some people recently complain about it. Uh, It wasn't a perfect game, but I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't read any of the new books yet. I haven't watched Bad Batch. Um... There's a lot to like and dislike about Star Wars, even before Disney. Because let's be real, people that are like cut in the wool, diehard Star Wars fans, a lot of the older ones, especially my generation, um, shat all over the, the prequels, um, essentially ran George Lucas out of his own property, and then are like bitching that Disney isn't doing it right either. Um, Go back to the originals. There's a lot of issues in them too. Uh, But Star Wars at its core is a really fun space wizard story. And I like it overall. Even if there are individual properties within it that I'm like, eh, this could have been better. Um, But this relentless attack of the actors and actresses of color. Um... Rose Tico. Could have been a delightful character. But then they made her this weird, obsessive, uh, you know, wannabe love interest of Finn. And she got all that hate. Death threats, racist bullshit. Um, Kelly Marie Tran didn't deserve any of that. And... Like, her character wasn't great, had a lot of potential, was completely misused. Again, once again, not having a plan for the trilogy uh, is the critique. Not the fact that an Asian woman annoyed you. You know what I mean? Like, And the fact that, like, even if the character's annoying, why are you sending death threats and racist bullshit to the actress? Like, I don't get that. And then now we're seeing it with Kenobi. Um, What is the character's name? I haven't watched it yet, so... I, yeah, Riva Savander, she is a, the third sister, an imperial inquisitor, and people are sending her all sorts of bullshit also, uh, Moses, what's her name, Moses, 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 Moses Ingram, never heard of this, this actress before, I hear lots of good things about her performance, once you filter through all the bullshit of the racist assholes Um, I like that they sidebar um, from the the serious topic I like that the Inquisitors are part of of the Kenobi um, story Let me find what Star Wars official account said. Because it was nice. It was a good way of them standing up. Something I wish they would have done for Disney in general, would have done for other black actors and actresses. Like uh, the way they covered up Chadwick Boseman's face for the Chinese posters or removed Finn completely from the Star Wars posters in China. Um, I don't remember them standing up for Tran. When she was facing hate. Yeah. We are proud to welcome Moses Ingram to the Star Wars family and excited for Reva's story to unfold. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome, we only have one thing to say we resist. And then they followed that up with There are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. That was one thing they said. Of course, uh Ewan McGregor got out there and said some, some poignant shit against the racism also. Um... Yeah, I just... I don't get it. I I, I can't understand it. Like, it is such a juvenile, small... Um... It's just such... Oh, God. I... I, Today is going to be a good day, Shad. Today is going to be a good day. I will not let... And I know this is my privilege talking as a as a white man. I will not let the idiocy of others ruin my day. We're going to have a good day. We're going to wrap this podcast up. I hate to end on that sour, sour story of Star Wars racism again. Um, be better, people. Seriously. Like I said at the beginning when I was talking about the LGBTQIA plus community... And how they are valid and loved and welcome here. And if you don't like that, you are welcome to leave. Uh, I will say the same thing obviously applies to racism. Like, grow up, mature, and understand that people are people. Doesn't matter, you know, what skin tone you have, what religion you have, where you are from the world, what class you are. How much money you have What you do for a living We all bleed red We are all human beings We all deserve Happiness And contentment And love And we all deserve to live free Of fucking bigotry If I'm willing to not speak to my own mother for over a year and a half over her bigotry you can damn well rest assured that I will cut out anyone for that bullshit. I have not spoken to the woman that birthed me and raised me for 18 plus months over her horrendous bigotry and ignorance. If you come into my space and want to start spewing hate, you are not fucking welcome. That's the note we're going to end on. A fuck you to bigots, racists, transphobes, homophobes. Um all of you All of you terrible people of the world, if you made it an hour and four minutes into this or if you've listened to 261 episodes of my bullshit and you haven't gleaned that yet, you're beyond hope. Um, This is a welcoming and inclusive space for kind people that just want to have a good time and enjoy each other's company. That's what I've wanted the polynerdic community, the nerdy neighbors as I like to call you. That has been my goal from day one. I'm going to continue to push that agenda. And I'm going to grow this channel and this product and this brand. As I said at the beginning, we are going to continue to push forward with the remainder of 2022 and on to try to re-diversify. You know, We started with a broad scope of interest and then we gradually narrowed it down to what was the easiest to do. And I dumped a lot of time into the Twitch channel, got to affiliate, uh, and we've kind of stagnated. Partially my fault, largely my fault, because I don't stream regularly enough. Um, But I also can't help that I don't have an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 or a high-end PC. And I don't get to play the prettiest, most high-end versions of things. And that automatically lowers my viewership. Um, I don't get to play the newest, greatest, hottest thing all the time. Um... And then, let's be real i'm me. I'm aware of my personality um and and how a lot of people i am i am not everybody's cup of tea, as they say um, but I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I'll keep talking into this microphone every week. I'll keep growing polynertic and the ordinary podcast. we're gonna branch out we're gonna talk more about tabletop stuff we're gonna we're gonna break out of our comfort zone and and learn to talk to people we don't know um something I've struggled with my entire life with the social anxiety. Uh, I, I I laugh every time when I was thinking about... Like, Bruce Campbell was the first celebrity I ever met. Could barely speak to him when he signed the two books I bought and had him autograph. Uh, let my friend co op the, the experience and, and kind of seemingly pissed Bruce off a little bit uh, by asking him about, you know, what's it take to get him to read a script. Uh, because... At the time, my friend and I were working on scripts, together and alone. Um, a couple years ago, I met Carrie Elways And, um, you know, of Princess Bride and stuff. And couldn't talk to him either. My then-girlfriend and her best friend did all the conversating, while I just kind of st- stared and looked at him. I met Cat- That same year, I met Katrina Law, got her autograph. And she complimented my silly uh, Phil Philip DeFranco. Don't be stupid, stupid shirt. And I just kind of smiled. And, I need to get better. I want to talk to people that are more successful than I am, um, and more interesting than than I am. Or people that not necessarily more in- interesting than me, although they probably are. Uh, but people that I'm interested in talking to. You know, the the B Dave Walters of the of the worlds, the Todd Kendricks, the Matt Mercers, the the um you know, in in streamer culture, I, I really want to talk to Classy Katie. I wanna to talk to um Yui and Elspeth Eastman. Um there are professional wrestlers I'd love to talk to and uh Athena Palmer. I'd like to talk to her about professional wrestling and tabletop stuff, you know. Uh, Xavier Woods. Um Gina Darling Basically a lot of the cast of the current iteration of G4TV Um I want to Get to a point where I am Confident and comfortable enough to be like Send that DM man Slide into those DMs and be like hey I've got a little podcast I'd like to talk to you What do I need to do to make that happen Are you interested Uh, I want to talk about nerdy bullshit with you Um that's my goal for, for moving forward. We've done this. This pod the podcast has been around for about six years, I wanna say. Um I'm not sure when we launched it, to be honest. Um I can do the math though. Uh so let me pull up the calculator. We're on episode two sixty one did that wrong. Hold on. Episode 261. Let's divide that by 52. We've been doing the podcast for a little over five years. Um, Polynerdic.com's existed for eight, like we discussed, although I didn't really get started until year seven. I I launched it and then could not really uh, regularly post things until the next year. Um, But October of 2018 was when we put our first post up um podcast's have been going on for 5 years. I've been streaming for about 6. I want to re-diversify and that's my goal. So I'm just reaffirming that. I know I'm rambling and I need to sign off. Um thank you for listening to an hour and 10 minutes of me rambling about everything. Um, this has been episode number 261 of the Ordinary Podcast. If you are interested and what we do, you can find us live on Twitch later today, maybe again on Sunday. I have an errand I need to run on Sunday, so I'm not sure where the streaming is going to lie. Um, stuff goes up on YouTube fairly regularly, not as regularly as it used to, but I'll get back to that. Uh, especially as I diversify what we do, um, you can support us on Patreon, coffee. Uh, via Twitch, you can you know drop some bits in stream or or uh, subscribe. Uh, as I said, I have a Patreon. I have a coffee. Our current goal on coffee is to get a couple hundred bucks so we can purchase some of the eight count uh, booster bricks, um, specifically of fizz bands, and then later spell jammer. Uh, I, I really want to do some unboxings. I the, the, I get a lot of joy. I'm a simple man. I get a lot of joy out of the arrival of packages you know when when stuff arrives at my door i come home from work or i get up in the morning and i'm sitting here and i hear a knock at the door and i open it up and there's a box and just so much dopamine i t- fucking love it and i love sitting down with a camera in my face and uh opening stuff up and being like ooh look at this cool mini and this cool mini and this cool mini um so I really want to do that with these new box sets that came out. Like I said, I want to review stuff in the, in the uh, TTRPG space. I want to play more TTRPGs and talk about that too. Um, thank you for joining me at this point. I don't care when you joined us on the ride that is uh, polynerdic.com and the Ordinary Podcast, like if you came in last week or six years ago. I, it doesn't matter to me. I... Adore you for being a part of our community Being one of the nerdy neighbors Thank you for your listenership Thank you for your support if you're a supporter of us Or if you are able to support us Um, Obviously no obligation I'm broke, I get it I can't support any of the things I want to support Right now Um, But if you can, please consider it I would like to do more than I can Presently And uh, I'm not going to be able to do it Without outside help Um once again, thank you for listening. We're on all the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Uh, we even have a Discord if you're interested in joining that. Um, thank you for listening to episode 261. I am signing off. I'm going to get ready for the rest of my day. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Once again, happy Pride. If you are a member of that community, you are – Valid, loved, and welcome here in the Nerdy Neighbors. Uh, And I'll see you next week right here on the Ordinary Podcast. Goodbye.